Hey, let's fuck. Yeah. Is that is is that how you want to start the show? I might do a little. Is that your rock star intro? Yeah, that's my sort of German techno MC. Hey, let's fuck. Yeah, you ready? You ready to? I'm gonna play a little piano interlude just to get me in the mood. It's not gonna make it into the show. Ick, big fuck. Instead of just letting it go, this guy turns and he's like, I cannot believe it, the big man like this. Hey, Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, turns to his son. He's like, Jean-Pierre, monsieur le, le droit de lui, le serpent, le pasco du chile, le pardon du chile. And this kid's like, ha, 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 snake, snake. And he's like, oui, oui, snake. Are you afraid? Snake. What is this? It's a snake. Snake. Hello. Hello. I like that. I like that new intro, Gabriel. That was. What? You've been working just, on your intros. I can tell. That was just me. Uh, I was just getting into them. That's just how I get psyched up before the show. Yeah, yeah. A little, little piano. That's one of my pieces. It, it is called Ron Dash in D. Yes. Yes. You could tell that was in D, couldn't you? I was worried that it wouldn't be obvious that that was in D. Well, I, 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 I don't think you should have. I, I, I think it was, it, it, it sounded good, and then I was like, yeah, that's definitely a D, and then you spoiled the, it's you uh, revealed yeah, too I much. Overexplained it. Yeah, it's mansplaining. Error. <laughs> mansplaining in all of its glory. Hello <laughs> and welcome to the comedy review review. But I, I, I'm Gabriel, and I'm still Rob. But and yeah, well, well, no, we'll come on to this in a minute because I, I know, I know you're very shy talking about it, but you do have a extensive um, composition record, don't you, Gabriel? You do a lot true. of composing for well, films I've been and writing for songs for pop stars for the last six years. Uh, ju- just a, do a few few name drops. Do you, okay. Are you are you comfortable, or do you want me to drop the names for you? Uh, well, I think I am all right with it. Actually, uh, oh, okay. I think I can say okay that I wrote the song that is sa- sa- sung by Ed Sheeran. The song, because he only has one song, doesn't he? Yes. Yes. The most famous song. Yeah, he's the. He's divided it up for commercial benefit yeah. because, it, yeah, it's the whole sort of Kill Bill thing. You sort of split one movie into two and then people pay twice and stuff. So Ed Sheeran has a song that he just recorded about six, seven years ago, yeah. didn't he, on the street? Just a two-hour yeah. session. And just he's in, like, in the yeah. street. Uh, but he in found the that... Gutter. But he found that people wouldn't stay for the whole two hours. They'd just listen to three minutes and start cheering and then walk off. Uh, yeah. So he's like, hang on, I can just sort of he like... Was like... Yeah. He was like, hmm. Yeah. And there's like a harp noise like... Doo, 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 doo. And like a big uh, thought bubble come up in his head. And he imagined himself with big rolls of money for eyes. Yes. <laughs> and that's how we got the Ed Sheeran we have today. Uh, so how much of Ed Sheeran's song did you compose? Uh, all... All the bits, um, all the piano bits were me. Okay, uh, what well, and he did the sort of hip hop. He did the uh, he did the hip hop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Ed Sheeran. I'm here to say. Yeah. I'm rocking and a rolling. Get out of my way. Yeah. 
I was gonna like I was thinking of doing like the next line being like a dunk on Ed Sheeran, but I think we should try and remain Ed Sheeran neutral in this show. Well, well, I I think it might be good for your future career prospects because he is he is running that he, he's running out of that song, isn't he? He he might need another <laughs> song. <laughs> In the last six or seven years, he's only recorded about two hours of material. Yeah, well, you know, since the the last song was so successful, I mean, I don't want to be Ed Sheeran. I mean, obviously, he knows what he's doing, but Mm. you would think maybe he might just give you that call, you know, if you you don't just completely slag him off. I don't know. I think people have been not that impressed with the piano bits on his songs. Oh, right. They, They want more of the hip. Uh, less of the, the hop. hop. Yes, yeah. that's right. In many ways, I bring the hop, <laughs> the hop, the hoppy element. Yes, with the with the, with the piano, and he brings the sort of hippie element with his singing and his yes guitar, and that's why Ed Sheeran's music is hip hop. Yes, because because of for that. Because that that's what that those are the two key ingredients, aren't they, for hip hop? You need the yeah. sort of hallucinogenic 60s vibe um but then you need wearing sort of colorful bandanas and then yeah and then you need uh beer to bring the hop hoppy a hoppy flavor yes and and that's how you get it it's the sort of thing where you drink it and you go "Mm," you know "Mm, this is a hoppy one yes well this is a bit of a hoppy one this is a spicy (laughs) little bastard isn't it yes so, so which part of Ed Sheeran's song are you most proud of? Oh man, you know the bit. <laughs> you know the bit in that one song where he's like, he's got, he's up on stage and everybody's clapping. Because you wrote that on the piano, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. And he's going like, uh, he goes, what was it? What is it that he says? He says like, uh, hey. Uh, I love you, baby. Yes, and he does love babies, doesn't he? That that is He's genuinely famously. true. It's well well known. He's got a hundred babies. Yes, he's ju- he's just acquired them. It's one of those. Yeah. Well, one of those. Each, each bigger than the last. Yes. <laughs> the last one is extremely big. Yes. The size of my friggin' arm. Mm, Yes. So you you see you see these babies then because I know he keeps them quite private. Yeah, well, I'm the one who had to arrange them by order of size. Oh right, so not only do you write the songs for him, you also arrange his baby I'm dealings. Sort of a general dog's body for Ed okay. Sheeran, yes. <laughs> so, wow, we've got. I, it seems a shame we have to review a, do a comedy podcast here. I feel you've got some great insider knowledge into the dealings of some of our (laughs) foremost celebrities of the day i'm just as sad as you that we have to move on from this tangent as fulfilling and rich and fertile ground as it was comedically yes we've got to get the fertile ground of ed sheeran yes exactly yes fertile in many ways he's a very fertile man he's growing babies in there yeah so well maybe anyway. maybe some of this might come out in future episodes you know sort of hey like, maybe some of it will even end up in the episode i also liked it because like people came up to me and asked me questions there was one man who came up to me after a show really concerned he was like trevor hey hey could i could i ask you a question 
I said, yeah, go, go ahead, my friend. He said, hey, I, Trevor, I just wanted to know when, when Donald Trump says all these, these horribly racist things, do you sometimes just want to you know, pack it up, leave America, go back to South Africa and escape all this racism? I said, my friend, you don't go to South Africa to escape racism. That's where you go to stock up. I'm Gabriel, Rob's Rob. Yes. Welcome to the Comedy Review Review. We're reviewing Netflix shows. Yes. Uh, this week's it. show was Trevor Noah, as I've just Trevor said. Trevor Noah's Netflix comedy show. Which one in particular? Trevor Noah. We, uh, we have... Son of... Uh, see, this is funny, actually, because I remember you... We had this discussion when we were on the phone the other day. Yes, we do. Were, I was like, "Well, just do the most recent son, the most recent." So, Ga- Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel. I think, I think it, you, you don't have to go into detail about our relationship outside of this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think it sounds better if you just sort of keep the pretense that we we only speak on the show via the podcast. Yeah, That's okay. actually probably pretty wise. Okay, All we'll say is that your agent contacted mine. Yes. 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 And your agent contacted <laughs> mine. Uh, your agent being Ed Sheeran, of course. Yes. Yeah. Ed she- <laughs> I'm Ed Sheeran's dog's body, but he's my agent. Yes. So we've got this sort of... You know, scratch each other's backs. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I know. sort of grovel around in the dirt and I, you know, make little sculptures for him and write him songs and stuff. And he... Yeah. He is the one who has to deal with your awful agent. But he, he, who is awful? Is it? yes. He... Your agent's terrible. Uh, Where did you find him? <laughs> well, okay. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he's terrible. He's just, he, he is terrible. He, he's just forceful and he's vulgar, so crude and rude. Uh, yes, but that, that's that's what you need to do to do business. I didn't want to. Get someone who would go around shaking people's hands. You know what I mean. I've got, I've got, I've got to insert myself into the industry. You know, my agent met your agent. Ed Sheeran met your agent. Yes, and your agent had his finger out his fly. <laughs> and he was saying, "Oh, look, look at my little willy. Look at my willy, everyone." It was his little finger as well, wasn't it? It was his little finger. <laughs> The smallest finger. Yes. And he's saying, I've got a little baby's willy. Yes. I've got a baby's willy. Yes. And the gym was like, you shouldn't joke about baby's willy. Yes. I've seen enough in my time, you know. <laughs> he was so angry. It's not an accurate representation. He kept saying to me when he got home, he was like, I can't believe you said that. But I, 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 it's I, not funny. I, I, I just saw that as a nice, innocent icebreaker, you know. It's a way of yeah. sort of... Because you, you can't just go in and just go, Oh, no, I'm a businessman. Let's do business. You know? No. People don't want that. They, they want a bit of a... They want to feel Laugh like, and a yeah. sigh. They want to feel and like a... you're just a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And what does every human being have? <laughs> they have a little a finger. Little baby willy. Little baby's <laughs> willy. That's what my wife says anyway. Okay. Um... Wait, you didn't tell me you had a wife? Oh, let's not get into it. Okay. Let's not talk okay. about it. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Your agent come up to Ed Sheeran and he says, you know, what? which Trevor Noah show are we going to review? And I says, I mean, Ed Sheeran says, hey, just do the most recent one, dude. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And your guy's like... Does it have willies in? You guy, yeah. <laughs> he was like, does it have willies? And then he was going like, wow, wow, wow. And he was like pretending to tip his head and going like, wazooga, yeah. wazooga. Well, he, he likes to think like... that he is a guitar effects pedal. <laughs> it's it's one of the it's it's a condition he has, um, and <laughs> your agent has so many conditions though. It's, it's well, hard that, to keep it, track it, of. it makes him kind of endearing. I think you never know what's going to come out of his mouth next. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's just loads of blood. <laughs> yes, just loads and like, way more blood than you think somebody has in their body. Which was a guitar effect in the seventies. There was that well known in the prog rock circuit to have the sort of, the you ha- you play a sort of high E uh, and the blood squirts out the of the end and you're there pointing it at the audience you know with your tongue out it's like yeah he's going crazy yeah for the blood I thought that was part of that's what I was, I'd assume that was another condition no no well just, well no just... it's it's part of his guitar effects condition the guitar effects problem that he yes. Has. He is, uh, the man is a dangerous lunatic. Well, he, I, I, I find him... Well, he, he's, he's a leper. Yes. He's, got, he's obviously got <laughs> leprosy, and he always acts like he doesn't. He's well, always like, nah, nah, I've just been biting my nails a lot. And I'm like, your fingers come off. Yes. And he's like, yeah, I, what am I like? Hazura! Yes. <laughs> I just stood there like, wow. You know, this bloody guy. Anyway, so he. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, your agent contacted my agent. And he was like, "What?" Your your Trevor agent, Noah of course, Sh- being Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, yeah. naturally, and yeah. your agent, of course, being a dangerous lunatic. Dangerous Kevin, uh, as we call him, despite the fact Kevin, that's, that's not his name. Him. Yes. His name's his name is not Dangerous Kevin. His name is. Dangerous Steve, Steve Kevin. Dangerous, but we we call him Steve Dangerous Ke- Danger. Yeah, we call him Dangerous Kevin, but for, we call for him Dangerous Kevin, so he l- looks exactly like Kevin Costner. Yes, yeah. yes. I was going to say it was a long story, but it it sort of wasn't. It's not. It's yeah. pretty simple. Yeah, he just looks exactly like Kevin Costner, yeah. and I think he doesn't. I think he's had surgery to look like that. Yes, yes. Um, I, I can't, and he I can't, looks just like Kevin Costner, and he makes guitar noises I, all the time. I he can't rem- shoot blood out his mouth because oh, it's, co- it's coming. It was a long time ago, uh, and you sort of have to talk to him uh, while under influences of certain things. So it, I don't remember a lot of the the conversations I have with him. I think that's part mm. of a thing that he he he, he said he says if, if we're going to talk business, you know, we have to. So everybody has to yeah. drug you before we. Yeah. Can. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that's how he works, you know. Yeah, that's just how what it, yeah. what that's just how what we say in this it. room stays in this room, sort of thing. Um, but but I I chat. I think that um, we started calling him Dangerous Kevin uh, before he took uh, extensive efforts, uh, and and as you are describing, that they, they had quite a few side effects. Um, yeah, his attempts to transfer it. He, he was like. If they're gonna call me dangerous Kevin, I have to look like a Kevin. You know, yeah. he's quite insecure yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Um, well, do you remember that time when he he actually auditioned for a role, pretending to be Kevin Costner? Yes. 
Yes. And uh, he went in. There, there was a and, role in a uh, film. What, I can't remember the film, but they wanted a Kevin Costner, didn't they? They wanted a Kevin Costner type. Yes. And then the, he came in. They were like, oh, my God, the real Kevin Costner's come to to uh, audition for this show. This is amazing, yeah. this, this movie. Yes. Um, you know, everybody was so excited. <laughs> and, and then he did his weeder act. Like, well, he threw the script away, didn't he? He was like, I don't need the script. Like, oh, my God, he's just going to improvise it. Yes. And there he is, uh, flyers down. <laughs> He's got his fly down. He's got his entire willy out. And he's going, look at my baby willy. Look at my baby willy. Yes. And then there's a really long pause. Yes. Everybody kind of, an awkward, strained silence. And then somebody opens their mouth to say something. And he just spews 15 litres of blood in them. Yes. While the, making the sound effects of a wah-wah pedal. In... Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's how he ended up in... Yeah, that Kevin Costner movie. That... I wish I knew what Kevin. I... I'll just yeah. edit in the name of a Kevin Costner. Well, it was movie Robin there. Hood, wasn't it? Yeah, that's how we ended up in Robin Hood. Uh, is from that, and he's actually been pretty busy with that, which is why yeah. when he met with Ed Sheeran, he evidently didn't know how to pronounce Patricia. Yes, do you remember that? Yes, I was like, well, just do the most recent one. Um, and he was like looking through the Netflix, and he was like, oh, okay, so that would be Son of Patricia. Yes. So I, I, I have it. a feeling you want to move this on to the actual, to reviewing the show, Gabriel. Uh, you know what? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yes. Okay. I walk up to the truck, and as I get there, this little dude pops out, and he was <laughs> a completely different mood to me. You could tell. He just popped his head. I was like, hey, how you doing, man? You want some tacos? I said, uh, it would be awkward if we didn't. He says, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, man, of course. But you never know. Maybe you want something else, yeah? I said, oh, uh, what else do you have, my friend? He said, no, nothing, man. It's a taco truck. Um, so, yeah, son of Patricia. Um, that's the... That's the name 2018 of... Trevor Noah stand-up Netflix hour... Yes. ...that we sat down and watched in it. Yes, it is. Um... It is. And actually, should we see if we can get up... Right, you just you you do some uh, do some vamping, do some chat. So some vamping. I'm gonna see if I can find the Netflix description. Uh, what of the see. show? Okay. Um, so Trevor Noah is a uh, if you don't know, uh, he is a comedian. Uh, from what well, uh, is he from South Africa, Gabriel? Uh, oh, I wonder. Yes, he is. Yes. Uh, and He's extremely from South Africa. And he is a mixed race comic, although you wouldn't guess that from a lot of his act, because no. a lot of it uh, talks uh, about him being black. Uh, he's a black guy. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he had a difficult time coming up. His parents were a mixed race couple in apartheid South Africa, which, as you can imagine, was uh, pretty difficult for him. Mm. Um. Uh, let's short... Okay, so. Trevor Noah, son of Patricia. Yes. Daily show host Trevor Noah touches on tacos, runaway snakes, camping, racism immunity, and the lessons he learned from his mother in this comedy special. Yes. Now, what do you think about that? What, as a... As a... As an intro? As a description of the show. I, I think that's a fairly well, fair description of what I saw. It is a comedy special, isn't it? There's no arguing that. What what makes and it he a does special? Touch on those subjects. 
You, you can't say that he didn't touch on those subjects. What what makes it a special? It's like when you look at those uh, sort of restaurant for a chi- uh, menu for a Chinese restaurant, and you get mm-hmm. and you look down and it's got like chicken special, and it's like what yes. what what is it that makes the chicken special? So what is it, it that makes the exact this comp- same thing? Okay, which is. It means that it comes with, like, peas and prawns and stuff. Yes. And that's the same with Netflix comedy special. It means that if you watch it, you get some peas and prawns and stuff okay. as well. Yes. And you can eat that. Yum, yum, yum. Okay. So, uh, what would be the peas and prawns of comedy? <laughs> I like to think the peas are the funny jokes mm. and the prawns are saying the n-word 55 <laughs> times <laughs> yes <laughs> uh yeah so good show great show okay uh should we should we dive into the review well well let, let's start as the show starts because this isn't the first show we've seen on netflix which feels the need as its opening shot to have a picture of the sign which says sold out yes. of the show. I don't know what you feel about that, whether you feel that's necessary for a well-known act to start their um, comedy special <laughs> just by reminding their audience that they're successful. Um, you know, I have no idea. I don't know enough about the actual uh, logistics of the signs of theatres uh, to know whether you have to include the sold out bit. Yes. And so they were just doing the just a generic, you know, exterior shot that happened to include sold out. Or if that bit is there to tell you that it's sold out. It's probably a bit of both, isn't it? Or, or if it's, it's a like... sign of incredible insecurity on behalf of the act that they they feel that they have to constantly remind their audience that they are. Well, you might not like it, but it's successful. Well, I've also I've noticed that the. All these Netflix specials seem to be filmed in the same theatre. Have you, have you noticed that? Mm. What, almost as um, if they have some kind of insider dealing with... Uh... <laughs> I just... <laughs> I think that these are filmed by Netflix, and Netflix has its own theatre that it does this stuff in. Okay. And the question is, what is that theatre, and where is it? What? And, uh, and they pretend that If it's... that is the case... Does it being sold out actually mean anything? So do they, I can't remember. I can't. I I don't pay much attention to this stuff. I only review the shows. Like, um, I can't remember yeah. if they say they're in the same place each time. Do they like? Are you saying they pretend they're in different places? It's not made it's explicit. The, well, they come out at the but start of looked, the show and it, they go, "Hello, Chicago," or wherever they are. Oh yeah, like it's uh, California. This one, yeah, because I'm sure Kevin James was in New York, but you don't. Yeah, it could have was been. He? Yeah, but it could it could have been anywhere. That it could still be the same one. They just bring some people in from the street. Well, if it turns out I'm wrong, you know. Yeah. Uh, strike me down. Mm. Um. Yeah. Now, I don't know why it always says sold out at the beginning every time. I can't. I just cannot tell you why it does that. I guess because the show is sold out. Okay. Uh, but you know, good for those guys. What for uh, the for nice the act? Sell out a show, isn't yes, it? yes. Nice to have a big good audience. Mm. A nice big good audience, which is what Trevor Noah achieved for his show, Son of Patricia. Uh, which, what was your overall thoughts on this 
show? Uh, my my overall thoughts of the show uh, was that I would describe this show uh, for people at home as easy listening comedy. Um, mm, that's good. That's interesting. Elaborate on that. Oh, well, with pleasure, Gabriel. So, <laughs> so I I would say that Trevor Noah is an incredibly good um, uh, storyteller. I think he'd make a fantastic afternoon uh, dinner speaker. Um, mm. uh, and uh, he makes he he doesn't make the his stories very funny, but he makes them very engaging. Um, yes. Uh, and I, th- I, I, I like the idea. The man has an incredibly tight grasp on the rule of threes, doesn't he, old Trevor Noah? Yes, and a spectacular sense of the rule of three threes. Which, this guy might be the which is for... greatest comedian in the world at saying the same thing three times or it... a list of three different things. So explain, just maybe give an example to the audience what the rule of three is, Gabriel. So, um. Generally, the rule of threes is if you're doing something, the joke of which is a list of items, you're going to do two things of some level of funniness, um, building up to a third thing that is the funniest, that is either the punchline or just the funniest thing in the list. So, uh, you know, I'd say, oh, I I love TK Maxx. I love TK Maxx. I love going to TK Maxx. Who loves TK Maxx? Yeah. Yeah. I love TK Maxx because you can go in there, you know, you can buy, uh, you know, a box of marzipan, a mm-hmm. Bluetooth speaker, and a vibrating butt plug. Yes. You know, uh, that's that's kind of how the rule of threes works. And and Trevor Noah, now that I think about it, actually, he's misunderstood the rule of threes, hasn't he, Rob? What, because he can't at f- count? At, at first I was thinking that he did it really good because he did three things every time. But I would say 50% of the times he did three things, it was the same thing all three times. And 50% of the time he did three things, it was just three equally funny different things. Yes. That's not how that works, Trevor Noah. Okay. You can't just say something three times and that's funny. And he did that. He said things three times, like nine times. That's 27 things he said. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is many more than a lot of the other things we've read reviewed so so what are the things that he just repeats in the show oh my god do you remember the bit about tacos yes oh my i was genuinely this might have been one of the most draining shows i've watched just emotionally because there's these bits well it doesn't sound very easy listening gabriel well that's true actually you know like okay so i'll give my overview of the show i thought the first 20 minutes were absolutely fine Okay. Pretty well written, pretty funny. Um, well, I've got I've got a list of the things that he talks about in the first twenty minutes. He talks about trap music babies. Uh, he talks about how black people don't like camping. He talks yeah. about trip to Bali, and he brings in a little bit of stuff about um, uh, white people sort of like uh, indulging in the poverty over there, which was fairly good. Uh, he talks yes, the camping bit's good, isn't it? Because he says, you know, well, um, well, he talks. Oh, white people love white people love camping, don't they? Uh, Rob, white people love camping. Mm. Uh, black people don't like camping, do we? Yeah. Uh, do they? Um, is is the joke there? Uh, because a camping is shitting in a hole, and uh, Trevor Noah grew up shitting in a hole. 
Yes. Because he's black. Yes. Uh, he... um, and I guess that joke is accurate in that... He was at a boarding a toilet, school. A toilet in Maryvale Private College is a hole. Yes. <laughs> it is a hole. There's a hole in it. Yes. There is... A hole in the so toilet. So that bit was good. Camping bit was good. Because was... in the poor schools, they just like urinate on the floor, don't they? Yes, there's yeah. no hole. <laughs> you know, like my white friends are always inviting me camping, for instance, always. Like with enthusiasm, we're like, Trevor, you want to go camping, dude? I'm like, why? <laughs> why? It's like, dude, what do you mean why? It's amazing. You're kidding me? It's like no water, no electricity, you know? It's just like us in the great outdoors. You like, you gotta like take a dump in the, like in the hole in the floor or something, dude. I'm like, yeah, that was my life. That was me growing up. You know how hard I worked to never go camping again? Uh, he also says that because he's black, uh, he doesn't like snakes, which is never yeah. explained. I don't think it's just sort of asserted. Uh, well, it's actually quite a common trope in comedy. Oh, is it? Uh, that like black people are warier of dangerous situations than white people uh, because of uh, the systematic oppression. Um, uh, I mean, there was, I've, I've got this written down. I don't think it necessarily plays out like this in the show, but there's a bit where I was worried where he was talking about um, people going to Bali and just sort of going to admire what it's like being yes. poor in Bali. And I thought yes. that this show is almost going to be like a black person uh, doing a show designed for white people who want to sort of like, sort of admire what it's like being a you black person. You want to pers- hear somebody yeah. say the N word 55 times yes. in 20 minutes. Yes. That's what it's. I mean, there, there, there was very few shots of the audience, but, and you know, the thing is like, ugh, I don't know what point I'm making when saying this. I so don't fucking email me, but it was a, a predominantly, if not exclusively, white audience for the Trevor Noah show, which was supposedly about race. Okay, um, you say suppose so. So you're saying it wasn't about race? Do you know what? We'll we'll get onto okay. all that later. Yeah. Okay, because that's the bit that I found in the show to be exhausting to the point of grindingly punishing. But the first twenty minutes was like mostly poppy, fun stand-up stuff that was just like, oh, I went on holiday and it was crazy. You know, a lot of funny accents, <laughs> <laughs> Balinese guy accent. That was like some kind of a cross between like a carnival barker and like a Nigerian voice. And the little tour guide, really happy, way too happy for that time. And he's just like, welcome everybody. Are you ready for a good time? And I'm like, yay. (laughs) And so he's like, my name is Deng Basan and I'm going to be your guide. Today, you will have an authentic Balinese experience. So exciting. Follow me. And so we follow him and he walks up to a little door and I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be like a temple or a cave or something. And he's like, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the real Bali. And he opens the door into somebody's house. Uh, I found that to be a little uncomfortable. So I, 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 pretty funny. I, I want to move this on to something that you've talked about or alluded to a bit already, which is his use of racial profanities in the or, and I, I know as a white person, I, I don't really know what I can... I don't know if I can say the word. I don't know whether I can refer to the word euphemistically. I don't know whether I sh- should just ignore any usage of the word. I mean, all, all I do know is that whenever I need to talk about this, I need to spend a good couple of minutes beforehand... Prefacing it. Destructing, deconstructing my thinking behind it because it shows the audience that apparently I've thought about it or something. That's, that. yes, that's, that's, how, that's how it works. People love yeah. that. People love it if you do an offensive thing, but make it very clear that you didn't do it 
ignorantly. And this, this is what the, uh, some of the comics need to realise nowadays. You know, like you can do rape jokes. You just need to spend a good twenty minutes beforehand, before talking and after yeah. talking about it. Yes. Yeah, and you spend twenty minutes doing a bit of preface to it, and then you know, at the end of the yeah. twenty minutes, you can then realise that it's not really worth it. Is it? You don't really yeah, have yeah, anything yeah, yeah, yeah. to say. So you, you spend twenty minutes setting up the joke. You go, oh, you know, it's a very, it's a, it's a tense time yeah. in the world, and I, I don't want to, you know, cause any offence. All I'm trying to be is, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I've been thinking about the meaning of offence and where we get these ideas yeah, yeah. from and stuff. And then you say, you know, your a lame joke, joke, yeah. And then everyone sort of goes like, uh, ha ha ha. Good, that was worth go, the wait. <laughs> and then as before the ha 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 has even finished, you go, okay, all right. You know, and then yeah. you go into another five minutes of talking about, yes. you know, why that got that reaction. Yes. And uh, that's how you get a Chortle Award. Yeah, and that's how you flesh so, out your hour-long show, isn't it? Yes, for sure. <laughs> that is how you write one hour of comedy. We need to embrace the time, yeah. You Three need jokes. to. You in the old days, you had to write a hundred rape jokes. Now you just need to write one <laughs> and stretch it out over an hour. <laughs> That's that's how comedy works now. Embrace it. Yeah, that's what I say. You can write a hundred shows with the material that would only fill one show in the past. So stop whining about it. It's true. That is very true. You know, the comics of nowadays have become a little bit lazy. Because at the end of the day, you only you could you could go a whole career only writing five or six rape jokes, yes. and coast off of that. Back in the day, you know, Bernard fit... Manning. Back in the he had to, oh my the God. amount of racist jokes he had to write. He could have this guy sold out arenas for centuries nowadays. Absolutely. Are oh, you kidding me? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so but the first twenty minutes was fine. It's basically what I'm getting around to saying. Funny accents, funny stories about being on holiday. You know, there's lots of, you know, acting out and faces. It struck me, if I'm being honest, as a bit that he wrote, he's written before and performed before. That was sort of like the meat of the show to like get you comfortable for the rest of the show, which was new material. That's, that's, if I'm guessing, I would say the first 20 minutes is a funny story about being in Bali that has been a staple of his comedy probably for a while. Okay. And the next 40 minutes of the show are just uh, excruciating, dull, um, repetitive, um, offensive shit (laughs) um, that made me actually angry. Well, okay, so this is interesting, uh, because I don't think I got the same reaction. I'm not saying I liked it, but but I think I got a different reaction to it. Uh, so mm-hmm. when you say that he repeatedly used the N word, and I don't think we got to the bottom of whether I could, whatever, right? Uh, the, the the I would say the broad consensus is you should say the N word there, Rob. Okay, uh, that that just to, okay. We're learning together on this okay. show. <laughs> um, uh, the N word. Were is, you is uncomfortable you when he used it? Is that what you're uh, saying? No, yes, I was. Okay, so that's interesting because um, I mean I remember. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on um other sources of entertainment on this comedy show but i remember when i went to the cinema recently uh to see uh black landsman uh i mm-hmm. was really struck 
but I, it's one of the best movies I've seen, especially in the cinema. Uh, and it, I, the thing that really struck me about it and its use of racial profanities was the power. I, I mean, these are words that I feel uncomfortable hearing um, all yeah. the time and sort of uneasy about. But I've never felt more uneasy and more aware of the power and the context and the malice and the impact of these words when they were said yeah. in that film. Uh, and it's not, and it's the fact that often when you say, like, usually if you repeat profanities, like when I say fuck on this show, people yeah. sit up and go, what, what's he talking about? Right. Rob never yes. swears. When you say it on this show, people just don't care because you say it all the time. <laughs> um, but every time racial profanities were used in that film, um, they it sort of escalated and it sounded worse each time. I say that because for me, I don't think I've ever felt less uncomfortable with it just the, the it just sort of washed over me in a state of apathy our trevor now is just saying words again so it's different around the world and i get that you know it's, it's a privilege i have in dealing with the n word you know in south africa no one was called a nigger all over africa no one was oppressed using that word so that word has no power anywhere you go nigger 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 nothing you know? Whereas right now, I can feel the tension in this room. I can feel it. Yeah, some people are like, God damn it, was it like seven times? I get it, Trevor. That's my quota for the year. Come on. The way I felt about it was that it was not a million miles away from if I had come on stage, talked extensively about how the N-word had no impact on me because it had never been used historically to oppress me or anybody I knew or my people. Right. And in that act said the N-word 55 times. He has a bit where he goes, you know, the N-word in Kossa is, uh, it means to give. Mm. Um, so for me, it just brings back happy childhood memories. And you're sort of like, well, good for you, mate. <laughs> so, you know, so did you feel uncomfortable about this at the time? Had you done research into Trevor Noah beforehand? Or do you now feel... No, he explicitly says in the show... That it's not a racial term in South Africa when it, where it comes from. It's not a racial term that has any, like, historicity to him. It doesn't have any meaning or impact, you know, for him as a, as a person who's not a descendant of black slaves. He's just, a, he's just a South African guy. And I understand that it's different still being a black person being called the N-word than, you know, if you're not a black person who called the N-word, you know. Mm. There's still some weight attached to it and you can it's still definitely used in a very malicious way if you are called the n-word as a black person but to go up as somebody who has no cultural connection to the n-word and say that it doesn't bother you when people call you the n-word is like simultaneously so smug and so dismissive of the experiences of like actual black descendants of slaves american african people i i I thought it was, I, you know, I didn't, it didn't make me go, this guy is evil and reprehensible. It just made me go, I just thought, you know, it's an incredibly stupid thing to base the last 40 minutes of your show on. Mm. Uh, it's not funny. It's not clever. It's clearly not well thought out. It doesn't get what the, it's, you know, for somebody who apparently thinks so much about race, how could he so completely misunderstand what the weight of that word is? You know, I just thought it was. I thought it was just stupid. I didn't. You know, it just annoyed me. I just thought it was stupid. Mm. I thought you could have written this show about anything, you know, and you just used it as an excuse to say the N word 
55 times to a room full of white people who were like relieved that hey this is the context where it's okay you know i just i thought it was fucked up so so would you so the analogy i used earlier about the sort of people going to bali who went round the the house in bali that you talked about and how they were all admiring the thing is that always you live here and sort of like oh, yes. are you saying that the sh- that's what the show was like for you just a load of white people uh, listening yeah, to a guy imagine that the guy who lives in the house is actually just an actor pretending to be the guy that lives in this house and actually none of it has any effect on him but he's profiting from the misery that people perceive him to be undergoing yes okay <laughs> fair enough uh i thought it was i thought it was bad Think about that for a second. Somebody's just escaped slavery. They've made their way there, finally. All right? They wake up after one night of free sleep. And they walk out, and it's just like, hey, man, I just want to say thank you so much for everything you did for me, man. Well, you know what, my friend? Nobody deserves to live the way you lived, and I'm, I'm glad we got you out. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, my friend. Okay, all we got to do now is get you some paperwork, get you cleaned up, and uh, put you on a boat, get you to Canada, and you can live a free life and everything's gonna be better. Uh, I'm sorry. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, yeah. Go. go yeah. Would, could you come again? You. What did you say? Oh, I know the paperwork thing is weird, but we got to get you some 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 identification. No, no, no. You said something about a boat. Yeah, we're gonna get you on a boat so you can get to Canada. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, we don't do boats. No more. I don't. Even, I don't know if you know our history, uh, but me and my people, we took a cruise one time. That shit didn't go so well. So, yeah, we, we got to find another way to get to Canada, if you don't mind. No, but the boat is the best way for us to get there from Rochester. Yeah, that might be the best way for y'all, but we going to walk. Uh, hell, we can run. We can run real good. We can run, but we ain't getting on no boat. My, my friend, you, you got to get on the boat. Man, I ain't got to do shit. I just got free. Imagine if I get on that boat and on the other side, I'm in the same place. What they going to say to me? Why'd you get on that boat? Because he was real nice. Oh, hell no. I ain't getting on no boat. Well, you got you to gotta get on the boat, though. You, you gotta get, you're free now. You gotta, you gotta get over this. Look, man, maybe one day in a few hundred years, one of my descendants named Kanye West will be over this shit, but I ain't over it right now. So I ain't getting on no boat. You, you got, we gotta get you on the boat, damn it. I'm not getting on no boat. And that was the day the phrase nigger please was invented. Um, but, you know, that even that part, like that part, pissed me off um and again like i keep like the classic comedy thing i'm gonna preface everything at great length because like i said i'm not the king of the n-word i'm not the one who gets to say whether it's okay to say the n-word i've not got a big scepter with the n-word inscribed on it that i can touch your shoulder and go you have got a pass i personally found it to be um fucking ignorant but that's not even the thing, you know, that that was just part of what I found to be utterly, utterly dreadful about the last 40, 40 minutes okay, of the I, I think we, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think we've got kind of different reactions to the show. Uh, and you're sort of making me wonder whether I, I've been racist in my, <laughs> in watching <laughs> the show. In that I just sort of saw Trevor Noah uh, go on stage and just go, oh, it's just another black person doing well, I, I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily what my thought process was, but I, I just thought it's just sort of stopped 
material. He's not really well, saying anything. I think anything. he's relying on you having that reaction. I think he's relying on you thinking you, of him as just a black American. But as somebody who's done some research into him, you see that as a completely disingenuous position to... I do feel that way, yeah. To... I do feel that way. And I don't doubt that in his time in America, Travel Noah has experienced racialized, you know, attacks. Mm. And that people, I'm sure, you know, as a famous person in the age of the internet who's black, he gets unconscionable shit thrown at him. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's water off a duck's back to him, it's not the same as it being water off the duck's back to a, a descendant of slavery. Mm. Uh, and to act like it is, is like, I think, yeah, disingenuous, like you said. So who who would you say this show is aimed at? People who watch The Daily Show, the show he's on. Okay. Um, sort of pretty well-off, um, middle-class, educated people who, you know, can't believe that bloody Trump's the president, this unqualified guy. I want to feel uh, woke. You know, who's so stupid. Yeah, and who who just want to sit in a room with a black person who they think is... Uh, approachable you know, who, who who's on their side yeah basically um and hear his stories about going on holiday in bali and him hear him say the n-word a million times i think it's for a very specific kind of like you know that famous thing of like that placard held up at uh some anti-trump rally that said uh oh if it were if, if hillary had won we'd all be at brunch right now sort of politically disconnected people mm. who want some sanitized racism yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm not saying that I'm a massively politically connected person. Uh, and I'm not saying that I've got a great deal of involvement with the actual struggles going on in the world today. But I do like to think that at least I'm not one of these people who sees it all as, a, a you know, just a, a recurring cast of characters to get angry at on Twitter and then you know and watch and you know laugh at trevor noah talking about it and generally feel a little bit comforted by the fact that you're on the right side of history at the end of the day and then do nothing about it mm. um and that's kind of who i feel that that show is aimed at it's aimed at people who want to feel like they're on the right side of history without having to do anything other than pay 40 quid for a ticket to a netflix filming well i think i think this is why i describe the show as a easy listening comedy thing uh because yeah. he like I said, I think he's a accomplished storyteller. He raises yep. issues which all of his audience will immediately just think that's perfectly fine. I agree with that. But he doesn't go into yep. any detail of them. His uh, his deconstruction <laughs> yep. of Trump is that Trump is an idiot and he's not presidential and he wants to build a wall. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hang on. Let me just... <laughs> what I'm going to do, I'm going to queue up my response to... Uh, I'm going to queue up the clip of his first big Trump punchline, and then I'm going to queue up the clip of my live response to it. Okay, you ready? Okay. So, uh, here we go. Here's the clip. So now I'm here, and I'm frazzled, and I'm like, Mr. President, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that. You don't, you don't, you don't have AIDS, you definitely, and even if you did have AIDS, there's nothing wrong with having AIDS, there's no stigma, we can still be cool. I, I'm just, actually, I don't even know why I'm saying this, I'm so sorry. And he's like, Trevor, Trevor, uh, calm down, Trevor, uh, Trevor. Trevor, calm down. I was like, so I'm so sorry, Mr. President. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said I'm probably the dumbest person you've ever met, Mr. President. He's like, no, Trevor, Trevor, calm down. I'm, I'm the dumbest person you've ever met. He's like, no, Trevor. That's not true. Uh, I've met Trump. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Yes! 
Um, yeah, I, I yeah, can man, tell. That guy fucking he takes on truth. Trump. Yeah. He takes on Trump. This guy's speaking truth to power, motherfucker. Yeah. This guy's getting out there, yeah? And he's taking, he's getting his crosshairs, yeah? And he's putting them over the Trump man. Mm. He's the president of the United States. Yeah. He's the freaking president. Yeah. He can't, and he's having a go at this guy. He's saying he's stupid. That is... That is, but this guy's fucking Lenny Bruce, man. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. This, you know, I can't, in some ways I can't believe a big company like Netflix would pay for something like this is so risky. Edgy, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Trump. Undermining everything. Friggin' Donald, dangerous Donald <laughs> Trump. Yeah, so, th- so these are the... These are the messages of the show. Trump is an idiot. Obama and tacos are awesome. Racism is bad. That's that should be the punchline. I forget the intro you said. That should basically be Trevor Noah's <laughs> sons of Patricia. <laughs> the show summed up like that. Oh, if, but if you think of easy listening music, I don't know what you'd say was easy listening music. For example, I'd say "Fix You" by Coldplay is a classic example of an easy listening song. It's a song Great that's song. clearly about um, somebody who's going through a difficult time, but it doesn't yeah. in any way deal with any of the issues. No. It's incredibly removed it do from it. To make you uncomfortable it, it, it's or... just a guy feeling sad about somebody else. It's incredibly yeah. sanitized. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's what I felt about this show. Really, it sort of touches on a number of sort of hot potatoes in a way. That yeah. seems so bland and inoffensive that it just sort of washed over me. Yes, um, it touches on the hot potatoes uh, with, just long enough to go with the that's thickest oven gloves you could possibly imagine. Yes. Just transports <laughs> yes, exactly. them from one table to another <laughs> and leaves <laughs> them there. Yes, exactly. It takes the hot potatoes off your a table, pair of fucking welder's gloves, yes. and a pair of tongs. It takes them off your table it directly to the fridge yes. to be forgotten about, <laughs> to cool down, <laughs> and we can all have a nice yeah. glass of wine. <laughs> exactly. No, miserable. I really disliked it, and I also thought that you know we say he's a great storyteller, but I found that as soon as that barley story ended, he became a shit comedian. Which I thought was really weird. So define a I shit comedian. The... What? Um, okay, somebody who thinks that it is acceptable to go in front of a crowd of, you know, 2,000 paying people and say, you've never eaten tacos six million times. Okay. You know, this isn't, you know, we're not all Stuart Lee. You know what I mean? You can't just say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and it's funny. He just kept saying you've never eaten tacos. But the worst part for me... So he... he, he, he his timing was so bad. His, his pacing was just complete shit. You found yourself, every time he started a joke, just waiting for it to end. Because he would drag it out. So, you know, yes. I think he had... I think he thought that Barley story was longer than 20 minutes, basically. Mm. And the rest of the show is... Which like is strange, because very little long. happens in those 20 minutes. Yes, but at least you know. At least it's, it's engaging, it's consistently entertaining and funny. Yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas the remaining forty minutes is set up, interminable babbling, obvious punchline. Yeah. Which is, I think, the the most cardinal crime of comedy 
is when you telegraph the fuck out of the punchline and then you do not get there ever. Okay. You know, unless you can turn it into some kind of brilliant post-comedy meta art, what you are doing is attacking the people who've paid to see you perform. The bit where he says, he's talking about how great tacos are and about how great the fact that America loves tacos is. And then he says, I saw this video of a guy at a Trump rally. And you immediately go, oh, and he loves tacos. You know, you like he's going to say he loves tacos, right? And then what is... <sighs> There's like a long preamble about the interview. And then a long impression of a redneck saying that he hates immigrants. Which is just gratuitous and not funny. And then more prevarication and then oh but he loves tacos i was so spiritually drained by listening to that okay could i could i i i I feel i need to say a little bit of positive things about trevor now and i think i'll also sort of compare it to the other shows we've seen firstly I don't know how many of the other shows we've seen where the people actually looked happy to be there. He came on stage and I genuinely thought, <laughs> this is a guy who kind of feels like he's enjoying something about his life here. It's not, he true. hasn't been forced to do this. Um, it is true, actually. Yeah. He's, of all the ones we've had so far, he seems to be loving it. Yeah. Do you notice the weird hard edit as soon as he comes on oh, stage? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I had to watch it a couple of times. Like, hang, hang on, what happened? They just, they just stopped. <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. I wonder what it is. I wonder what he said to the entire crowd that had to be cut out of the <laughs> before he started. Like, well, now a heads up, everybody. Yes. You know, the fire exits are here, here, and here. Yes. Who, if you don't like prolonged impressions of Mexicans by people who are not Mexican, then leave the theatre now. Do you, do you think he said some incredibly pro Trump, anti Obama stuff at the start? And then it's always like, look, Trevor, that's just, no, that's not what your audience wants. <laughs> to cut it out yeah yeah trevor noah's actually an act being done by an extremely brilliant subversive it's by roy chubby brown isn't it roy chubby brown black sub <laughs> invent some <laughs> south african character act <laughs> that would be brilliant actually if it was some sort of incredibly offensive subversive bit of meta comedy comedy where somebody comes on in convincing blackface and and proceeds to do offensive impressions of a bunch of other races and a huge crowd full of middle class jim like Davidson. socially conscious left lefties jim... say you know oh that's brilliant because he's a pretending to be a black guy jim davidson when he's not busy entertaining the troops is trevor noah <laughs> just okay uh one of the things i was gonna uh, the other thing that I was looking for with this show uh, was thematic consistency, because um, mm. I think that was a a gripe we've had with other weeks. Every uh, other one, yeah. Where, for example, for Kevin James, where the Adam, uh, where the theme was meow meow meow. Well, no, the so the Adam Sandler thing, uh, he just decide does an hour of stuff and then just decides to make it sentimental, which I mean, it, at least is thematically consistent with every other Adam Sandler thing you've seen. Yes, that's but true. it's incredibly jarring just as a piece of comedy uh kevin james was just inconsistent with his outrage wasn't he he didn't know whether he (laughs) liked people who were faster or hated people who were faster or slower than him uh (laughs) didn't know whether he wanted to go back 30 years for when people were glucose intolerant or whether he wanted to stay here 
and moan at people who didn't understand how technology worked and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I was thinking about the Bo Burnham one we reviewed last time, uh, and I thought that I had an issue with the fact that both the fact that it was really preachy or came across as really preachy, and it just sort of tells people what the show's about, but it's also constant. And I also had an issue with the way that he constantly just deconstructed his act all the time and said, this is, I'm a performer, this is really dishonest and stuff. But I think the thing that also wound me up about that show was the fact that you can't have it both ways. You can't come out and have a go for 50 minutes about how terrible uh, performers are and how they're dishonest. And you can't trust simple messages and stuff. And then says, right, for five minutes, I'm going to tell you what this show's about. So you'd better (laughs) listen up and take this away with you. Get your notepads out at the back. And it's just... Uh, yeah it's just it's just dishonest and it's not consistent i don't know if he was aware of that consistency and it's meant to be ironic or whether he's not to be honest i don't care uh it didn't work (laughs) um but but for this for this the show is called son of patricia uh trevor noah does the thing where you call a show a thing and then five minutes from the end you tell the audience explain what the title means and they go oh it all goes together but he says but he says the show is called son of patricia is because called that because it's his mum and his mum basically set has a motto of life which is that don't let the racist have the pleasure of seeing your pain i mean you could insert the clip which where he says that if you want at that point which i'm sort of paraphrasing yeah, but I'm sorry, I'm not going to what? Is, is that what he wants? He wants to throw the word at me and then my day is spoiled? Is that how it works? And we'll be like, nigger, and I'm like, I'm a nigger, I'm a nigger. <laughs> I don't have time for that, man. My mom always used to say, she said, you can't control what people do to you, but you can control how you react. Uh, so I promised myself, I said, I'll never give a racist person the pleasure of seeing my pain. And you sort of like, yeah, that's a fairly consistent through line of the show. Uh, you've, you've just sort of moaned about how you don't like tacos, um, and snakes and stuff. I don't feel like Oi. I understand any of your pain. Uh, you just you are, if you are offered a napkin, yeah, by somebody. It doesn't mean if you don't speak a fucking word of English. Context clues will explain to you what the fuck a napkin is. The guy was probably holding a napkin when he asked if he wanted a napkin. No, but Gabriel, Gabriel, forget the. And tac- he talked about it. I know for you're angry about a him being angry. Years. I know. A million years. I know you're angry. It was at- so long. <laughs> he talked about this misunderstanding. Gabriel, Gabriel, about what a napkin was. Gabriel, c- obviously he, there was no misunderstanding. Gabriel, Gabriel, just calm it, right? Oh fuck's sake! Do you feel through that hour of that show that you f- understand any of the pain that Trevor Noah might feel about anything? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? No. Obviously no. not. Exactly. So it's a thematically consistent because he comes out at the end and that's what his mum tells him. <laughs> yes. Well, we certainly didn't get to see the pleasure of his pain. Uh, we got to see him swagger about smugly and talk about how happy he is with the uh, way he's chosen to live his life. Yeah. So that was pretty good. But at least uh, it was thematically consistent. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Showing people the giving people the pleasure of seeing your pain is kind of what comedy is. <laughs> but that's yeah. you know to be reductive. That's kind of if you don't appear to have any pain in your life, then you're not doing comedy. You're bragging. Yes. <laughs> so in in attempting to get rid of the racist market, he's also got rid of any 
he's got rid of the comedy. He's got rid of any yes. comedy audience market except the fact that loads of people like watching a mixed race guy from Person Africa. Say the N word fifty yeah. times. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any? Yeah, I, I found I found it to be exhausting and unfunny and smug and uh, sort of morally bad in that it's designed to sort of um be like a a salve to people who are worried that the world is too political nowadays you know and people who are worried that you know old Trump is up there making trouble you know it's it's a salve to people who are worried that maybe they're racist i, I it's a salve to people who are worried that you know the world is bad and it's getting worse it it's designed just to make you feel comfortable with your understanding of the world and in that way i think it's sort of evil <laughs> so should we get around to the 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 scores oh oh well, the the scores um, yeah, should we? Well, well, what do you well, give well, it? Well, Bo was Bo out of Bono. Is this No out of Noah then? <laughs> <laughs> or is yeah, it? Or good, is yeah. it the R? Is it just R? R R out of Noah. I give it R out of Noah. Okay. No, I give it No out of Noah. And I give it R out of Noah. <laughs> and you give it R out yeah. of Noah. So between us, you've got ten out of ten. Yes. You get a hundred percent, Trevor Noah. And that's the show. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. Another snake charmer comes running out, grabs the snake, puts it in the sack, and finally, danger's averted. Everybody's safe. Everyone is safe, but terrified. Some people are crying. Others are in shock. I'm standing on the side watching all of this. Little Jean-Pierre's there with his dad. They're both in tears. Like, désolé, mon ami. Désolé, Jean-Pierre. Désolé. He's like, papa. And I don't speak French, but I know this kid was like, you asshole, you left me. I'm going to tell mom. And so I'm, I'm staring at them. And I guess they could feel that I was staring. So they, they both stopped at the same time. And they turned and looked at me, and I looked at them. And in that moment, in that moment, I realized we're all human beings. We all experience the same thing. We went through the same trauma. No matter what happened to us before, we are all human beings. Because they looked at me, and I could see in their eyes what they had just experienced, what I had experienced. And in that pause, I bent down. And I got real close to them, and I was like, Snake!